In part one of this series, my guest and I chatted about the Food Allergy Dad Experience survey results, how he and his wife found a shared food allergy parenting vision, and two pivotal experiences he had that helped him develop an empowered approach on this journey. In part two, we'll chat about his scary and frustrating first experience with a food allergy reaction and epinephrine use, navigating social scenarios with family and friends, and final tips for dads or any allergy parent. Welcome to Exploring Food Allergy Families, a podcast with real talk, relatable conversations, and practical tips focused on navigating the impacts that food allergies have on families, relationships, and mental health. I'm Tamara Hubbard, licensed therapist and the host of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Please remember that while this podcast offers general advice, it should never replace medical or mental health care guidance from your own healthcare team. to talk about that period right after diagnosis. Um, I think many of us would agree, moms, dads, grandparents, everybody, that it can be pretty overwhelming. There's, especially if a food allergy is, you know, new to your family, if you've never experienced living with a food allergy, or it's the first one that you've been diagnosed with, um, feels overwhelming. There's a lot to adapt to. There's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of thoughts. Um, a lot of swirling stuff happening. What helped you navigate that stage? I know you talked a little bit about, you know, six months later, you went to this coursework. Um, how was your first, you know, anaphylactic experience with your son? What kind of tips or things would you encourage people to, to do to get to the other side, at least in that moment of feeling totally overwhelmed? Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was scary. That, that first reaction was, was very scary. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone's is different, of course. So it's yes, always an yes, interesting everyone's is different. experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. So my my son was uh, was at a daycare, um, um, which was on the campus of where I work. So I work at Carleton University, hmm. and um, and uh, so we got a call from the daycare. So the daycare provided. Um, uh, food for for the kids in the daycare, mm. and I guess this is a, a bit of advice I would I would uh, give to uh, uh, new dads um, is uh, if your child is allergic to a particular to, to to a particular thing, maybe read up on all of the names of mm. that thing in an ingredient list mm-hmm. because so for example you know like milk if you're if you are allergic to dairy uh you know often ingredient lists will not write milk or dairy you know uh, sure. they'll write something like whey or or casein or something like this so so you know learn all of the different names because what happened is the the cook at the daycare um uh, our son uh, is allergic to sesame seeds, um, and he gave our son uh, tahini, mm. uh, which is another name for sesame paste. You know, mm-hmm. and so he didn't realize that tahini was sesame paste. You know, so uh, so that's what uh, triggered it, and so that was that was a scary experience. So, sure, you know, sure. Ran from my office. You know, they called me. I ran there. I got there in like you know a minute. And, uh, and immediately, uh, our, 
our pediatrician happened to be uh, close by, have an office close by. So I went straight to the pediatrician's office because I was scared yeah. to give the EpiPen, you know, because, you know, I'm not a medical yes. professional. And I like, think a lot know, of people are scared you know. about that for a variety of reasons. They don't know what to expect afterwards. They're not sure if it's right. going to do more damage than, you know, th- that's, I, I've heard even in my own patients will say, I don't know if I'll actually be able to do it if the time comes. So your, your yeah. thought is not uncommon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, but um, so, well, let's, let's not go into the unpleasantness of the story. There is an unpleasant part to the story, which uh, I don't know. Do you want me, do you want me to tell you? The... Well, and, and prefacing to those listening, yeah. uh, Jit and I talked beforehand, so I know the story. Yeah, I actually think if there's a way yeah. that, you know, you want to share that, because I think that okay. there's a learning experience or a learning yeah. tip for parents there. Yeah, well, this was this was a really scary experience. So, so I sure. went to the I went to the uh, I went to the pediatrician, and pediatrician took me in immediately and uh, took a look at Simon, and and he said, "Oh, um, uh, I think uh, I think if you just give him a teaspoon of Benadryl and and uh, and uh, put him to bed, he should be all right." Okay, so and, right now people listening are literally gasping. I can hear them gasping, but yes, with that yes. advice, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> and so, so then, uh, you know, so I'm driving home and, and, and I'm looking at him and, and I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I'm like, no, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't feel right. Uh, let me go to the uh, children's hospital. So I went to the hospital and uh, uh, went into the emergency and they took him in immediately. And, um, and the person that was taking care of him, uh, immediately gave him the EpiPen, and then this doctor started chastising me, uh, mm. telling me that, you know, I'm a negligent parent, and I should have given the EpiPen earlier, and this is negligent behavior, and really, you know, uh, really berating me. It was, it, was, it was terrible, because already you're feeling like, you know, you're, you're feeling overwhelmed and, and feeling scared for your for your child and then yeah. there's this doctor telling you that you know you're a negligent parent you know it was it was very unpleasant yeah um but you know i i don't know uh so so anyway so so uh, but at the same time i got angry because yeah. i i thought you know i i thought i did everything right you know i went to see a pediatrician and then sure. and and i j- i went to the hospital because i felt uncomfortable with the advice that the pediatrician was giving me. So anyways, yeah. I told this doctor, I said, look, I said, you know, I said, if this is negligent behavior, you know, I would like you to confirm it. And would you be willing to confirm this in court? And, you know, then the person started <laughs> looking at me and say, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, I just came from the pediatrician's office yeah. who, who told me that I should just give my son Benadryl and put him to bed. And now you just said that that was negligent behavior and that I should have given the EpiPen immediately. Right. And, and so then suddenly this doctor started changing his story saying, Oh, well, you know, in the medical <laughs> profession, there are differing opinions. And, uh, you know, so then I told this doctor what I thought of the doctor. Sure. Yes. And <laughs> in so many words, yeah. In so many words, yes. Exactly. Which I will not repeat here. <laughs> but um but then um the allergist at this hospital came to speak to us and, mm. and the allergist told me something. This is another thing which which really helped me a lot and changed my focus. And this is something some advice that I give to to everybody. Mm-hmm. So the allergist told me, um, Never be afraid to give the EpiPen. Love because, 
you know, as soon as you see a symptom and, and as soon as you feel, uh, you know, that maybe a reaction is coming on, you should immediately give the EpiPen uh, because what he said was, if you give the EpiPen to your child when, um, when the child doesn't need an EpiPen, mm -hmm. then that's fine. Nothing yeah. will happen. Yeah. But if you don't give the EpiPen when they do need it, then you might get into trouble. And so, so yeah. that gave me a lot of comfort, which made me feel like even if I make a mistake and give it to him when he doesn't need it, uh, you know, then it's okay. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, so that, that really helped me a lot. I love that piece of advice because I think it really, like you said, there's a lot of fear around making wrong choices, whether it's making wrong choices of food to give or making wrong choices of when to use the EpiPen. I love that that allergist normalized that and said, look, there's really no wrong choice. It's okay to give it even if it's not necessary, but you think it might be necessary. That was, so, gosh, that was so empowered, empowering. But I have to say that out of your first anaphylaxis uh, experience was born a food allergy advocate. Obviously, you turned from, you know, scared dad to advocate in that very moment because you realized, you know, gosh, I have to advocate for my son, even with other right. doctors yeah. who, you know, but, oh, what an experience. My gosh. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure everyone's experience is like that, but I, it's very, very powerful that, you know, you right. got so much out of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and it gave me a lot of confidence actually. So, so yeah. both going to the workshop gave me a lot of confidence with cooking and this, you know, this terrible experience gave me a lot of confidence with, you know, like now I know if something happens, I give him the EpiPen and, and we go to the hospital and, mm -hmm. you know, everything should be, should be all right, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, the other thing that I've been trying to do recently is, uh, well, not recently, actually, it's been about 10 years now, uh, is, um, is teaching Simon how to do groceries and how mm. to, how to cook for himself and so on. Because I figured, you know, once he leaves the house, he's going to have to fend for himself. And yeah. so it's important that he knows how to cook for himself and how to do groceries. And so this reminds me of a little story. Um, when he was around, maybe he was about five years old, we were at the grocery store. He was a little bit thirsty. So he, he comes up to me, says, Dad, I'm really thirsty. Can I, have, uh, can I have something to drink? You know, he said, I'd like some orange juice. And um, I don't know, do you have Tropicana? I guess Tropicana do, is American, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> So there are these individual bottles, you know, it looks like a bottle which has like a like an orange shoved into the top, you know, it's like oh. this little, little bottle with a with a sort of like a like a bulge at the top, which looks like an orange. Huh. Um, and, uh, and so he, he, he would regularly drink this Tropicana orange juice, he always had Tropicana orange juice, right? So he grabs the bottle and he asks me he goes, Dad, can I have some orange juice is okay if I open it and start drinking it? And I was like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And then I thought, No, no, let me just check, you know, yeah. the ingredients, you know, I'm like, uh, and so I looked at the ingredients and believe it or not, in the ingredient list, it said may contain traces of salmon. In orange juice. In orange juice. I'm thinking, wow. oh my God, you know, yeah. like, yeah. what if I hadn't checked the ingredient list, you know, and it was because it was one of these orange juices with extra omega-3, 6, uh, or whatever. And so they added salmon oil, I think, or, yeah. or, or and so on. And so, uh, you know, so I gave them a different 
juice container, but like even things that we are sure of, it's like now it's second nature, no matter what. I check everything, even if it like, for example, he has um, mini wheats and he eats yeah. mini wheats all the time. And uh, but every time I always check the box, you know, like who the hell knows? Maybe they added some new ingredient. Right. It. It's the new special mini wheats with sesame seeds. That, right. <laughs> I, 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 for one, I'm just going to say wouldn't eat that just because it doesn't sound good. But I think you make a good point that, you know, whether it's manufacturing changes or it's um, formulation changes in the uh, recipe, it's important to check every time or to your point about the orange juice, you just never know. So yeah. it's important to read. But I love that you said that you have started from early on teaching him these life skills that he's going to need. Because I think that that as a therapist and also as a mom of a child with a food allergy, I think it's really important to remember the end goal. And the end goal is for us to create these young adults that are going to go out into the world and be able to care for themselves. And so if we wait till, you know, they're gaining independence as a teenager to start teaching those skills we're going to be working from behind and trying to catch up. And so yeah, I, I love yeah, that you definitely. scaffold and that you have been, you know, every step of the way trying to teach those skills to yeah. him. I think it's so important. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, it's tough, Yeah, <laughs> especially now, now, like now he's like 50 and it's like, Oh dad, do I have to go to the grocery <laughs> store with you? And uh, do I have to come and help you cook? Another thing that, that I wanted to mention is, yeah. is uh, one thing that I found is that friends and family uh, are very supportive once they once they hear about the allergies that Simon had, um, but people that have never dealt with allergies before or are not familiar with allergies, you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, so the let me give you the example. So so you know he he got diagnosed at six months, and my mom wanted to babysit Simon, you know, wanted Simon to come and spend like a, like a, a, a an evening with uh, at her place or, mm-hmm. or a weekend at her place and so on. So she kept trying to, you know, convince us to let him stay uh, at, uh, at her place. And uh, so finally, I told my mom, I said, okay, mom, I said, I said, uh, uh, but only if you, you know, you have to throw away everything uh, that has nuts or peanuts or you know, sesame, fish, shellfish, you know, everything that he's allergic to, you got to throw away because he's like, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be like crawling around the floor yes. and he's going to be, you know, getting into everything. So you got to make sure that there's nothing he can put in his mouth that that he might react to. And my mom said, okay, no problem. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. So she spent the day cleaning and then she called me up and she says, okay, now my house is completely safe for Simon. You can bring him over. And I said, well, let me just do a little check, you know? And, and you know, so <laughs> the thing is, my mom was getting upset with me. And she's like, oh, why are you so picky, you know? And I'm like, yeah. but this is important, you know? And so I went over and I checked. And, and you know, so I opened, I opened the freezer and there was, you know, maple walnut ice cream. I'm like, mom, walnuts <laughs> are nuts, you know? And she's like, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. And then, you know, I opened the cupboard and there's honey nut Cheerios. I'm like, mom, honey nut Cheerios, what are you talking about? What's going oh, on? Oh, your poor mother. I know. And she's like, oh, uh, oh, I thought Cheerios was okay because you give them Cheerios. I said, yes, but I don't give them honey nut Cheerios. The keyword is nut, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh. You know, and so, so even though, you know, friends and family might be well-meaning, yeah. you know, I think you have to be careful and you have to double check everything. And, and the thing is, 
you know, at first I used to be, I used to feel a little bit shy and, and, you know, mm -hmm. like I didn't want to disturb or, or impose and, and, and so on. And, and, and after a while I realized, but you know, like this is his life, you know, yeah. I have to, I have to stand up for him because if, you know, if I don't stand up for him, who's going to stand up for him, you know? And so, yeah. Well, so, not only that, by you're standing up for him, you're teaching him to stand up and speak up for himself. Exactly. You're modeling that. I love exactly. that. I absolutely exactly. love that. And you've had a couple yeah. experiences there where, where you've had to do that. So yeah, yeah. I so love, I would say, yeah. don't be afraid to stand up for him and don't be shy about, you know, imposing or disturbing people. I mean, this is right. your child's life. So you got to make sure that, you know, anytime he goes to a birthday party or a school outing or, or whatever, that the environment is safe for your child. I mean, and, yeah. And to your point, you know, well-intentioned, but if you're not living with a food allergy, I mean, heck, sometimes it's hard enough for us to spot things in like orange juice. And, you know, yes, I mean, so yes. can you imagine if you're not living with it, that's not always going to come as, as first nature to people. So um, right. I love, I love that. That's a, a point you wanted to make. So yeah. any last thoughts or words of wisdom that you think dads should hear, parents, uh, the community, uh, you've shared some really good, you know, experiences and pieces of advice that you'd give anything else that you think uh, is important to not only being a food allergy dad or parent, but to be an empowered one that, you know, is developing resilience and teaching that to your kids. Well, I mean, I think, I think the, the, the two sort of mottos that, that, uh, that I mentioned at the beginning, uh, after we got the diagnosis that, you know, work towards making sure that you create an environment so that your child always feels safe and mm -hmm. enjoys eating, mm -hmm. um, and make sure that the child doesn't feel left out of, of different things like birthday parties or school outings or mm -hmm. sports tournaments and so on. And, uh, I would say those are the two things. And, you know, all of the, the other things that I mentioned are sort of ways of trying to do that. Yes. And finally, don't be afraid to give the EpiPen. <laughs> you know, don't be afraid, you know. <laughs> we can't say that enough. So I'm glad yeah. that you added that again at the end as a reminder. Don't be afraid. When in doubt, yeah. use Epi, right? Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah. okay, before we end, I've got one final question that I'm asking my guests. It's a mm -hmm. fill in the blank kind of question. So here it goes. Living an empowered life with food allergies means what? Eating well. <laughs> I love that. That so totally goes with everything you've shared. Eating well, right? Because just because you have a food allergy... Yeah. doesn't mean you can't eat well. Like, just like yeah. that lady at the course said, you know, like make a yeah. list of the things you can't eat, but make a list of the things you can eat and yeah. get creative. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Living yeah. empowered means eating well. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming and chatting with me, Jit, and getting really real about the food allergy parenting experience that you've had. I, I really uh, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss future ones. And if you're looking for an allergy-informed behavioral health care provider or for additional resources on any of the topics discussed in these podcasts, visit the Food Allergy Counselor directory and website at www.foodallergycounselor.com.